0: Corona Chronicle Session 34 with Peter Austin. And this is my first international interview since starting these these chronicles. And uh, Peter has been somebody who I've been trying to get on the show now for like four years, three years at least. And uh, we weren't able to make it happen. And he kind of fell off my radar for a while. And then out of nowhere, he reached out to me uh, just to kind of say how much he appreciates what we're doing here uh, to put out this content so quickly to uh, you know give the industry some hope, to give the industry some direction in some best practices and he wanted to contribute and I said absolutely Peter so we got him on the show and uh, before we hit play on that episode to give you an idea of what's going on over the pond in in England I wanted to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Procter and Gamble's Don Professional the number one disc detergent found in most commercial kitchens throughout the nation Uh, they are long lasting suds Don Professional will help you clean 58% more dishes Per sink and it will help you reduce sink change overs by thirty five percent saving you money because this is six thousand gallons of water per year you can save versus using other private labels, and you know we 're trying to be more mindful of uh, wasting natural resources water uh, being more efficient saving on cost and not to mention we want to be cleaner than ever right now and Dom professional will kill those germs and the bacteria that you know and viruses I'm sure fall into that uh, category as well uh, if they don't I'll be in trouble for putting this in the ad but I'm pretty sure they do and uh, yeah Dom professional uh, head over to pgpro.com that's pgpro.com for more information and be sure to ask your vendors for Don Professional. This episode is also brought to you by Restaurant Three Sixty Five. Restaurant Three Sixty Five is a cloud-based all-in-one restaurant-specific accounting and back-office platform that seamlessly integrates with your POS system, payroll provider, and food and beverage vendors. If you head over to Restaurant 365.com slash unstoppable, you will qualify for 30% off implementation. Plus you'll get a free inventory build within the restaurant 365 of value of $5,000. And you know we have some slow time right now. Maybe some of you are out there, using that slow time in different ways but one way you could be using that slow time is to do some research and to figure out how you can come back even stronger with more streamlined processes leveraging technology is definitely a way to streamline those processes so look into it restaurant 365.com slash unstoppable now here's today's episode peter austin my man how are you
1: I'm great. Thanks, Eric. How are you
0: uh, hanging in there? I'm a man just trying to stay busy and serve like people in this industry are hardwired to do. Right. So uh, Peter Good. Austin, Got on my radar like four years ago when I interviewed Andrew and Claire Bowen, and uh, they're a part of my network over the pond uh, in the United Kingdom. And I think it was like four years ago, Peter, that they like called you out to, to to be a future guest in the show. We haven't made it happen yet, but when this all started going down, you reached out to me to kind of commend me on my work, and uh, I, and I knew in that moment that I wanted to get you back, you know, get you on the show for the first time, but. We don't know your story, so why don't you just let my, my listeners know who you are and why Claire and Andrew called you out in the first place.
1: <laughs> well, it was really nice of Claire and Andrew to uh, talk highly with me uh, three or four years ago, and that's because I, uh, in the main, I'm a consultant to independent pubs and restaurants here in the UK and consulting especially on the uh, on the business and financial side of, of pubs. So our family business that was started in the 1980s Was an accounting practice and stock taking practice for pubs and restaurants in the west of England, which became a national practice. And we're bought out actually by an American firm. And since that time in 2000, uh, I've had about six pubs of my own. So I've always been consulting, but I've also always had an interest at the same time in in, in my own places. So uh, for the last three years, I've had a a practical uh, operational. Uh, input to, to to one of my clients' places, which is the Bell at Sapperton, which is a small country pub in beautiful Gloucestershire. And funny enough, at the beginning of March 2020, uh, I actually took over my partners. Business timing is everything, isn't it? Well, you, uh, you <laughs> so broke up. Us. Where I am now. <laughs>
0: Say that one more time. You what, your partners? You broke up a little bit.
1: So, I actually took over from my business partners. Uh, at the beginning of March, 2020, Woof! what great timing, <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> that is rough man. Well, I'm, uh, I'm happy you're staying positive as positive as you can be through all this. Uh, that's just must be so rough. And you're my first international interview concerning the Corona Chronicles and the coronavirus. Um, so what's it like to kind of paint that picture of how the United Kingdom is doing our, our friends across the pond are doing.
1: Well first of all uh, my thoughts to everyone because I know the states have got it really horrible and obviously it's a mixed picture over here. Um, uh, The the, the UK has had it bad since the beginning of March. Uh, It's very much a a, a very mixed tapestry over the whole of the country and uh, uh, London's got it very bad. Um, I think we're very close to obviously to, to mainland Europe so, especially with staffing, um, families who who are all related to to people in Europe. Uh, so we've been very close to it for the last uh, last uh, four or five weeks, really. And uh, uh, we we we've had it close to us only seven miles away uh, four weeks ago. So uh, it's it's a mixed picture in the UK. Uh, but first and foremost, you know, we just know that we're so lucky where we are. We're in a very rural location with the pub I've got. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're very, very lucky compared to some other parts. So you said the closest
0: uh, case of Corona is, what, you said 70 miles away? Is that the number I heard?
1: You no, know, no, we, uh, four weeks ago. we. I remember, so I, I have a pub. I consult a lot of uh, pubs, but also have a pub of my own, and I um, I was working on Sunday lunchtime on the bar, pulling pints as we do, and this is four weeks ago, and one of my regulars said, peter it's in tetbury which is a small town just seven miles away and it just i just froze and i'll never forget that and uh when she said there were there were two or three cases in our in our neighboring town and i'm sure everyone's heard of it now and we know we've got family members we've got friends who, who've had the virus but uh, at the time i thought oh my god uh life's never gonna be the same again
0: yeah i'm looking at the map right now it looks like for all of united kingdom there's a uh 38,168 confirmed cases, uh, 135 recovered confirmed cases and 3,605 deaths. So, um, I mean, that's just give us some perspective of what's going on over there. And has the curve kind of slowed down for you guys? Is it still continuing to?
1: It's early to say, I I think if we're optimistic, we'd like to say that it's not as steep as it was before. Um, everyone's been in lockdown now for a couple of weeks, and uh, I think the lockdown is working. Uh, it's not spreading, and I think people aren't meeting, uh, which obviously helps. Um, certainly, you know. And first things first, um, I think the health of the uh, of the community, therefore, is, is 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 being saved as much as possible. But uh, certainly, uh, certainly, the elderly and uh, the most vulnerable are, are are dying left, right, and centre. Mm.
0: Uh, so let 's talk about uh what you 're doing with your business when this all started to go down, say sure. three weeks ago, how did you start to adapt what uh, i mean there 's not much we can do now I feel like i don 't want to spend too much conversation on what we can do to adapt but what have you done
1: okay so we we as a as a rural pub uh we Rely very much on the community, but also people with their leisure time driving out to to, to rural rural pubs. And we're a food-led pub. I think straight away people uh, cut that out, and I'm sure it's a, the same case in, in in any country at the moment. People straight away they they cut out what they didn't need to do and decided to go where they didn't notice that they need to socialise. So we had to adapt straight away by. Um, uh, being a little bit more streamlined in terms of what we were doing, both with our supplies and uh, our staffing, but also we, for the first time ever, for, for for most pubs in the UK, we started doing not just takeaways but being a drive-through, click and collect, and we did that straight away, which has been which has been a good move.
0: So take us through that pivot. What what things did you have to do within your business to to make this new ad- adaptation?
1: I think first of all we had to. Uh, talk to the staff, and that's probably the most difficult thing, actually, because uh, the staff are, I'm sure, in the same most most restaurants, very very good at doing set processes and procedures, and for them to then just do totally abnormal things for them, like sell groceries. Uh, sell eggs, t- sell toilet roll. Uh, shut the doors, and uh, uh, then start selling everything that we had uh, in the cellars. Bring it upstairs, and then start selling it to people. Uh, that was the most difficult pivot change, and it, it was in the staffing attitude mm-hmm. and the fact that on, we really are here to provide a service. So, how do you um, how do you change so, that yeah.
0: attitude? Let's get, let's pull back some layers on this because um, I just recently recorded an episode talking about how significant hope is right now, and how we need to provide hope for not just our greater community, but more importantly, importantly, our immediate staff? And how do we give them hope? How did you do that?
1: Well, for us in the first couple of weeks, it was very difficult. And giving them hope and vision and sharing that vision, I think was really important. And perhaps for the first time, uh, I think real leadership for a lot of uh, pub owners and restaurant owners in the UK really had to kick in because, as I say, the model totally changed. So uh, with regards to hope and vision, uh, a few weeks ago we didn't have any government support at all for hospitality and it really looked like there was no light at the end of the tunnel. So we had to talk to people about the fact that look, you know, whatever we do now and whatever help, whatever support, whatever real true hospitality we give to our guests and our community, it's going to come back. and It's going to come back tenfold. I think that is something which I think uh, all all good leaders and good business owners are trying to do now with their staff is just assure them that look you know this is not going to be forever when we come through this the, the help and the support and the love that we give to our communities is, 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 is going to come back and we're going to reap what we wrote, what we sow basically.
0: Yeah. And I, do, I do think that, you know, that this is going to serve as a filter to kind of eliminate the people who aren't quite in the industry for the right reasons, you know? Um, uh, because yeah. right now is a time where, you know, we need to, to, you know, you look at the synonyms for hospitality and it's words like, uh, uh, warmth generosity generosity uh neighborliness like things like this conveniality like this is at the core of what we do is taking care of people and now more than ever you know we we've never had a greater opportunity to be there for people you know what i'm saying
1: i do know what you're saying and actually this is really core i think to the british pub and i think that a lot of british pubs lost that in the last 10 to 20 years a lot of British pubs, Hey, and do you know what? I think I was one of the guilty ones as well in terms of one of the, the pub owners. We'd strip out pubs. We'd turn them into real gastro pubs. We'd turn them into food-focused places. We'd sit out our store and we'd say, hey, people like it. This is what I'm going to do. If they don't like it, they can go. And that's the way I'm going to run my pub. And a lot of the community focus was lost. But actually, that's one of the reasons why so many tens of thousands of pubs in the UK had to close and the pub market has been real decline. But now a lot of real community pubs have actually come up uh, like Phoenix from the ashes in the last five years. And they realize that now things have gone full circle and actually the communities need pubs in the UK. It's yeah. very much part of the British culture. And I think that, that love, that want, that genuine hospitality to the community and letting the, it be a community hub rather than just a restaurant, for instance, is actually the, the saving grace for a lot of pubs. And those pubs that are really now reaching out to the community, being part of the community, I think they're going to be here for the long term. Those that are just the gastro pubs, the restaurants, the ones that really are just there for commercial reasons. I don't think they're going to be here at the end of this year.
0: So, Peter, up to this point uh, with these interviews, I've been doing. I've been focusing a lot on what can we do right now to adapt because there's so much changing so fast. Like, I think that ship is kind of sailed at this point. I hope we would have made those changes in our business. What I want to focus on now, as far as the core content, is look. This thing, from what I've gathered, is going to be sticking around. Like, we're gonna. This is gonna immediately you know impact our industry until at least june july with social isolation and if if that's like best case scenario and if we can and that's just until the end of socially isolating each other you know in, in pockets we might still have to be socially isolated but um they're going to start lifting those social isolation uh, restrictions around that time theoretically like this is what i've gathered uh what are you going to do for the next three months what's the next three months look like for you
1: I think it's paving the way for the next three years, actually, Eric. Um, I think the next three months, we, it's probably going to be far more difficult than it is at the moment. I think a lot of people are able to run on adrenaline and a lot of goodwill from the community. But this the impact from the coronavirus is, is really going to be quite extreme. Certainly what we're feeling um, is that the, uh, the, the environment that we're going to be in, the business environment, is going to be tougher than ever before. And certainly, What's going to make we it tougher feel that, than
0: before? What's, what, what, how's the, well, the environment going to change that's going to make it tougher?
1: I think that we're going to see from an economic recession, I think we're going to find that a lot of families won't have the disposable income they had before. I think that also that right up the supply lines and supply chains, that's going to be affected enormously. I'd be very surprised if we have much produce that we took for granted. And I think that also, do you know what? I think it's really important to to look at our suppliers and even our landlords, they're gonna be having tough times. Mm. Uh, We we, we rent a pub from a local big country estate who have um, hundreds of tenants and farms and so on they're going to find it tough because they're giving a lot of people a rent holiday. Yeah. Now, everyone is going to be affected by this. It's never happened before in this way. And I think it's, so, it's important um, to be mindful
0: of that. I'm, I'm happy that you're bringing this up. A lot of our landlords, all of these tenants that are being so good to us right now and giving us these extensions and not, you know, no questions asked, like whatever you need. Don't forget that six months from now, yeah. you know, when they're, when this has impacted their livelihood, be there for them and return that favor.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. I think communication is is also important, and that's something that we're trying to do all the time with with, with our suppliers and even our landlords. And I think that uh, um, that's something that can't be taken for granted. You know, everyone thinks, you know, in this this rush of goodwill, those those businesses that are keeping open, that you know, it's got to be, you know, be the Samaritan, be the Samaritan to the the public who who hopefully will be coming back in their droves. But actually, it's far more wider reaching than that. And uh, I, I think that, as I say, the supply lines they're going to be really, really under pressure. Uh, I think that s- social distancing is going to continue for a long time, yeah. and that really worries me because, again, you know, the British pub, the uh, the culture of um, slapping people on the back and having a good time in a very um, uh, confined space, and and and, and so on. You know, I, I just I just don't know if it's ever going to be the same. Uh, well, certainly not in the, in the short to medium term. And people might even want to be going to places that aren't even that busy. Yeah. Isn't that strange? But there is this a- is, going to, is really going to change the customer's mindset, I think, is going to change. Yeah. And that, worry, that, that worries me. And I think, you know, we've got to prepare ourselves now and in the next three months for the next three years. Yeah. And really make sure that our businesses are amazingly streamlined and Really, really more efficient than ever before.
0: Yeah, and I've been trying to keep myself plugged into the forefront of what's happening. The first couple of weeks was just the, nobody was speaking because I think everyone was afraid to speak because nobody knew. There was so many question marks, and nobody wanted to be liable for saying, "Hey, or go do this," you know. Uh, but now that, that that things are starting to stabilize a little bit, we're we're learning more about the behavior of the virus. Uh, we're we're seeing trends. When the more data we have, the better we can make projections, right? And what you're seeing. Now uh, and plus, we're we're now able. Um, industry has been able to respond. Uh, you, I think GM, General Motors in um, Detroit, uh, shut down their plant, and now they're focusing solely on creating these respirator or not respirators. Is that the correct term? Um, yeah, the ventilators. The, yeah, ventilators. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and the it's amazing to see. It's kind of like World War too right when all these industries like these mm. car manufacturers all pivoted to like support the cause right and you're seeing that happen right now yeah. so there is hope and i think the reason for the social distancing is to slow down the spread right because we don't have enough ventilators or i keep on calling them ventilators is that the right term i don't my, my mind's
1: yeah running. we call that over here as well yeah definitely yeah, yeah
0: so these ventilators um what would have taken months to manufacture design you know get the engineers to design and build all the these pieces they're able to come up with a design uh in a long weekend now they're already in the beginning phases of manufacturing these ventilators and they're hoping that they can crank out twenty thousand a month so I think you're gonna see other organizations other you know companies you know following suit, and if we can get say a hundred or even like ten manufacturers to shift and pivot for this cause you know 10 times 20 um, that's uh, I'm Jesus to we can tell that I've drank way too much coffee. There are some zeros on the end of that. You know, you're going to have uh, 200,000 um, ventilators a month becoming available. And now I think it's less dangerous. You know, now we can go outside because if we get sick. We have the tools we need to recover from this. And I think that's the thing that we we're not taking into consideration is the reason why we're socially isolating is because we don't have the tools to handle a massive outbreak. But if we get the tools, maybe that will lift the, um, the deadline. Maybe we can, we can start going out because we, if we do get sick, it's not as big of a deal.
1: Let's hope. Let's hope. And yeah. certainly in the UK, I mean, let, let's keep politics out of it. But certainly in the UK, our hospitals are certainly under a lot of stress and the stress and pressure that they've never been under before. And it, it's all about keeping people out of the hospitals, isn't it? And yeah. flattening that uh, that that curve. And. Let, let's hope that everyone's sensible. And I, I don't know about the states, but there's always been this dilemma with us because we were told uh, that we could carry on being open for for a few weeks, and and pubs. For, for a while, we seen as uh, uh, a little bit of the uh, how do you say the, the enemy of society because people were social distancing and yet getting together in the pubs in the evening and doing the opposite. Well, I, I think now, when as soon as we were told by the government, don't go to pubs, uh, then straight away we you know we we, we suffered. And I, I, I've often wondered, even with takeaways, you know, are we doing what's essential? Are we actually uh, providing essential? Um, service for the community. I don't know. I mean, certainly in our place in the beautiful. We're not just in in, in England. We're in the beautiful Gloucestershire and also we're in the beautiful Cotswold Hills a lovely village. Well, uh, for a lot of people out here, an emergency. Uh, to go to the bell at Sapton was to uh just to get a you know a cucumber because the salad wasn't quite right or a different bottle of rosé well it's a little bit different now a couple, of, a couple of weeks down the road you know people aren't uh, haven't got anything like milk eggs uh toilet roll and so on at home and so it's really important but uh yeah i i think it's really shaped I think you know the way we look at um, planning, isn't it? I mean, have you ever known this industry to go into turmoil because people are now sort of planning for and doing business plans on a day-to-day basis, week-to-week basis? Um, it's, it's been chaos, isn't it? And I suppose the most difficult thing in the next few months is to make that change and actually say, well, okay, the, we are still in business. And we've now actually got to get down to some serious proper business planning now that we know what the situation is. And I suppose that normality is going to be quite interesting isn't it, in the next few months for all of us.
0: Yes. Uh, so one other question, one other thing I'm trying to get from my guests is like, what does the future look like? How is this going to change forever the landscape of the industry? And what can we do now to adapt to that new landscape?
1: Well, I, I, I've often wondered... If, for instance, for the British pub, if 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 people actually need a pub anymore, now that seems really strange, doesn't it? Um, but when people on a Friday night, in any case, have had Netflix, they go to the supermarket and get wonderful food and come back home, and you know th- there isn't any more the tradition of going down to the pub. And I'm thinking, well, the way that we've got to adapt now is to is to go to people's homes, and that seems really strange. But pubs have never had to do that before. And what pubs now are doing by, and restaurants are doing by takeaways and deliveries for the first time, is actually realizing that's what we've got to do more of. Yeah. So I, I think that a lot of places now are going to have to be efficient at doing that yeah. and actually do it in a very business like manner so yeah. that actually they can do it in the long run. I think that's going to be quite, quite, quite quite difficult.
0: My big concern is that we're going to be very reactional to the market and a lot of people are going to adapt to the market to uh, support this staying at home, eating from home, uh, forced environment right now. Um, Mm. and I think it's important that we keep front of mind how important community is and how important human contact is and that hopefully the, the landscape doesn't change so much that we put, the value on expediency and convenience than we do on human relationships, I think that's one of my big concerns mm-hmm. um but I think the 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 thing is that's really that's really exciting about right now is we learn so much about human nature so much about why we are and how we are the way we are being very reactional by nature uh you know because we we have this you know anxiety right that you know if we don't prepare if we don't do this that these things bad things are going to happen to us but if we unplug from that anxiety and say, hey, how do we want to come back? How do we choose to come back from this, which is a, a thing that mm-hmm. is really important that we communicate right now is that we get to choose how we come back from this. What's wrong with the world and how can we make those adaptations and those in those changes now? So when we come back from this, like we're, we're stronger than before, uh, which is just something I really want to make sure I'm communicating. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Does how we adapt? Yeah. Or, uh, I, I think you know. You say about the importance of human contact. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think we can ever take that for granted anymore. Yeah. And I think uh, certainly with with pubs, that's been the advantage of pubs over other uh, areas of hospitality in the UK, like hotels and restaurants, is the pub has the ability to reach out and have a far closer contact than any of those other businesses. This is where. You can just picture it now. I mean, here I am. I'm in an empty pub, and it's half past nine on a Friday night. <laughs> I'm able to be here with my pint of beer. And I don't I'm the only person in the pub right now because of the bloody coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. There's no chatter, no, yeah. no, 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 no clinking of actually, v- glasses, n- no clinking of glasses, and um, no, no sort of you know, nice warm little bit of banter in the background. None of that at all. Well, actually, people come out and they come out on their own to a pub, and they sit at the bar. They have a nice chat and they want that little bit of recognition. That's going to be even more important than ever before. And people are going to be feeling a little bit wary when they come out of their their homes after uh, weeks and months. And I think that that's going to be even more important because as we said, you know, know, do, do people need pubs? Well, yeah, I think a lot of the population does. I think a lot of the population sort of finds that actually uh, pubs or bars, that's where they're going to get their interaction. They're never going to get that from uh, the cold um, bland brands, if you like, of restaurants and hotels, but they can get it from pubs and bars. And I think that's going to be really, really important like never before.
0: Peter Austin, uh, thank you again for taking the time to share how you're handling this, your advice for the future. And uh, it's always a pleasure to learn from uh, um, people, definitely different places of the, the the country or the world rather to get that perspective of how people are handling it overseas. Uh, one thing I wanted to start doing uh, with these Chronicles is trying to find out who you think is handling this really well. Who's somebody who in maybe the United Kingdom is kind of like the the leader Restaurant tour who others are looking to for best practices and who's kind of setting that tone for what the future looks like.
1: <laughs> do you know what? It's been such a crazy few weeks, 24 7 almost, that I find it difficult to put my head above the parapet and actually work out right who's doing this really well at the yeah. moment. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um, but do you know what? We, we, we've got people who just seem to be so positive out there and just looking on social media that there are people who just don't drop their positivity i think that's really really important and there are some people out there who, who really are uh, leading by example in terms of um i say still still reaching out to the community um and i think that i have to say that i'm i'm not going to say that those that have closed in the uk because i don't know if it's the same in the states or not but uh, those that have closed have closed because there's a lot of government support out here now and, for instance, there's the um, support for laying off staff now. Then the government is going to cover up to 80% of staff incomes, which is really quite wow. important for those being laid off. Uh, so restaurant groups, pub groups, have, and even individual pubs have been able to close, knowing that it's going to be safe. They're not going to have the losses that they thought they had before. Now, I'm not going to say that those people who have closed have taken the the easy way out they haven't but do you know what they're, they're also going to make sure that their their businesses are really robust for the future which is really really important so i don't think i'm going to single out anyone really because i don't think there's a, a right way or wrong way to deal with the crisis i really don't um but all, all i can say is um i i get my i get my inspiration from the states as well and guys like you because um it, it's, it's just fantastic that, that people are as I say, just being really strong at the moment and knowing that it's not going to be with us forever, but we've got to look at the ways of uh, of dealing with the next three years.
0: Yeah, Peter Austin, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. Uh, stay healthy, stay positive, and uh, I look forward to getting you back on the show to share your life story. Uh, we've been trying to get you on the show now for four years, um, and we're going to make it happen after all this. Maybe when I come hang out in the United Kingdom, maybe you can help me rally uh, some folks to make an example of out there, and I'll make a trip.
1: Can't wait for that. that will be absolutely yes. fantastic. there will be a lot of people. Can't wait to see you, I'm sure.
0: Beautiful. We'll, we'll talk to you in the future, hopefully real soon.
1: <laughs> Wonderful. All the best, Eric, and all the best to everyone in the States. Cheers. Cheers
0: there we go Peter Austin thank you so much for taking the time to join us and to share your information and what's going on over there in Great Britain and really not too much different and that's one thing that's been really kind of positive through this all is that uh, we like this this idea of togetherness right throughout our nation but it's beyond that it's togetherness throughout the world and when you have a pandemic like this something that is equally threatening to all nations um, it, it brings us together it puts our differences aside and we come together we share knowledge and uh, it becomes a, a point of globalization, a point of um, you know getting this, this idea of nationality and nationalism out of our minds and thinking globally, thinking on, on a, a greater scale of what's best for all of us. And I, th- I think that is one kind of positive aspect to all of this, if there is any positive aspect. But then on the negative side, you, you take something like this pandemic and you look at how it affects uh, culture, uh, like Great Britain's culture, the, the pub culture of getting – into a tight space, shoulder to shoulder, socializing and, and being with your community, uh, that, that culture is kind of being forced to, to disintegrate with all this, um, when hopefully, you know, we, we can come out of this thing faster than, uh, you know, hopefully no, no more than a few months because we don't want to see those, those habits that have, um, been a part of these cultures for so long kind of be forced out of our daily routines and uh, our our identity you know it's weird it's weird to think about that but anyway uh, not to get too somber uh <laughs> uh i got to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Don Professional, Procter and Gamble's Don Professional. If you guys are looking for a solution to clean those pots and pans, uh, maybe you're not doing many uh, front of house dishes right now, but you, you still got to keep keep those pots and pans clean for pickup and delivery. And, and Dom Professional has those long lasting suds that clean 58% more dishes and can help you save, uh, or sorry, help you reduce changeovers by 35%, which saves you 6,000 gallons of hot water Per year versus other private labels. Uh, to learn more, head over to www.pgpro.com. Again, it's www.pgpro.com. This episode is also brought to you by Restaurant 365, an all in one cloud based restaurant specific cloud and back office platform that seamlessly integrates with your POS system, your payroll providers, and your food and beverage for vendors. Uh, head over to restaurant slash unstoppable and qualify for 30% off. All- implementation and you can also get a free inventory build within restaurant 365 a value of five thousand dollars and i have to just remind you guys i could not do what i do without the support of our sponsors they help me help you so if you do reach out to those tools or services please let them know that you discovered them through restaurants unstoppable that really does help support the mission all right guys that's it for today we'll talk to you tomorrow until then peace out